I want to uh, give you the end of the message now. <laughs> you are witnesses for Christ if you love him and honor him and want the world to know him. If you're living only for yourself, you will hide the power of God in you. You will. But God doesn't proclaim you that way, and I'm going to show you that specifically, and I'm going to show you what your job and my job is. And so we're now on Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> if Miss Mitch will per, uh, permit me, I'll get to the testimony of Peter today. Uh, my colleagues have been going from chapter 1 all the way through the end of chapter 8, and so I want to add to that specifically. All right. <clears throat> As an introduction to the book of Acts, it says that the book of Acts is a continuation of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. That's Acts 2, 1 through 2. All that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven <clears throat> after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. That is Acts 2, 1 through 2. That's not up there. <laughs> All right. Jesus also said that in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. So he stated in Matthew 16, 18, I'm going to build my church. And the first two scriptures in the book of Acts proclaim that this was what Jesus taught and was going to continue to teach, and he was going to fulfill in the New Testament, the New Covenant Church. <clears throat> he said, I will build my church, that's Matthew 16, 18, and the gates of hell will not prevail or overpower it. We've read that a lot. It's been preached to you a lot. But the fact is, is that there's something that you and I have to do to intercede on behalf of the principalities and powers who have a certain jurisdiction in a sinful world. <clears throat> the keys of the kingdom of heaven in this context, that is the binding and the loosing power in the earth and in heaven are purposed in the church. Wow, that's awesome. The authority to permit or to forbid. The authority to permit or forbid is in the hand of the local church and the church worldwide. That's awesome. It's incredibly awesome. And so it becomes incumbent upon us as believers to understand what the Bible says in every aspect, particularly of the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, we're going to have a certain order that is established by the apostolic team, the early apostles, under the authority of Jesus, and the Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, and so on, as they move through the first century. 
And as Bible believers, we believe in the inerrant God's spoken word. If you don't believe in the inerrant God-breathed word, you will struggle as a Christian because then you will pick and choose what you want to believe. Okay. Well, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> this doesn't work for me. Ah, oh, you know what? It meant something else. All the different things and so on. I struggle with that as a new Christian, and I had to settle that issue with God. Because if I said, if I'm going to be all in, I'm going to be all into this. I'm going to be all in. And so what it prompted me to do with the gifting that God gave me was to learn what the Bible said so that I could articulate it, I could understand it for myself, and I could understand it for others. <clears throat> Mitch has wanted us to call this series the Ecclesia or the called out ones. Ecclesia means the called out ones. You're called out. You are called out. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light, the scriptures say. Sometimes we forget, don't we? Yeah, yeah. During the COVID realm, maybe we didn't wear appropriate clothes as we were Zooming. (laughs) Not that that's a big deal. But all the different things that God has given us to come away from the sinful lifestyle that we once were held captive to. You and I were held captive to a sinful lifestyle. We did not have a choice because he who has the sway over the world, that is Satan himself, dictated his will to you because your sinful nature is the same nature as him. That's why you need to divorce yourself from those things and walk in the Spirit. Have you ever counted how many times the New Testament tells you to walk by the Spirit? The true sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can be the witness God wants you to be. How can they know Jesus if they don't see Jesus in you and I? Got to remind myself. Yes, we do have a carnal nature that that wants to be appeased, right? But... God says, no, I want you to put off that old carnal nature. That's Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 18 through 32. And I want you to put on your new nature, which is clothed in righteousness and holiness. Really? Really. Righteousness and holiness. You mean, Lord, you expect me to be clothed in rightness and holiness? That's the only way the world will get saved. Particularly now. Particularly now. Mitch said, don't take off my glasses, right? Oh, I got it. (laughs) Particularly now, the world's chaotic. The world's chaotic. Dave said... As a note taker myself, I was trained to be a note taker when I was a brand new Christian because I wanted to hear the voice of God. And I knew and was purposed because I heard the voice of God say to me, I want you to write everything down and out of those messages, every time you enter into the house of God, you will hear my voice if you look for it and you will hear it. And then you will learn how to hear my voice. And what is said. See, when Mitch got up here and he, he, he exhorted us, 
He had the mind of God because what he was saying is what I'm going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to preach on specifically. In other words, hunger and thirst after righteousness, witnessing for God. Okay, that's what the whole book of Acts is all about, really. It's about what was established in the entire book of Acts so that the church had firm foundations. And I'm skipping along a little bit here because I know he wants me to be done in five minutes. <laughs> because you saw 3,000 saved, 5,000 saved. The whole cities are saved. The whole cities are saved under Peter's ministry alone, okay? Uh, Lydda is saved. All of, everybody's sa saved when the paralytic is, is basically healed. Joppa, when, uh, uh, when Dorcas is raised from the dead, almost everybody is saved in, 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 in Joppa, okay? Sometimes we <clears throat> separate the act from the context of what that act is supposed to be, okay? So in other words, these were apostol apostolic founding ministries, and can, can they be duplicated in the New Testament church at this stage in time? Yes, it can, absolutely, okay? But what, what Jesus is doing and what Luke is doing when he introduces the book of Acts is he's saying Jesus is continuing through the apostles, his founding apostles, what he wants to do and to teach in the church that is going to basically change the world. I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. If the church doesn't adhere to what the Bible says, it may not prevail. Have you ever heard of churches going under? Well, there's lots of reasons why churches going under. Lots and lots and lots of reasons. So how could Jesus' church go under from that standpoint? Perhaps, perhaps they don't have the mind of God. Perhaps there's, there's strife in those churches. Perhaps there's error in those churches. Perhaps there's all those, all those things that might be happening in those churches. We don't know, actually we do know some of the things that go on in all the churches. We've been a church here for 65? Where are we, about 65 years now? It's a long time. I've been here 43. I spent my, I, I'm, I'm an oddball. I got saved in this church, and I'm still here. <laughs> I am not, don't take this wrong, I am not somebody who's, going around from church to church looking to have my ears tickled. Mm. Because I know where God planted me. I know what God wanted me to do and wants me to continue to do to my dying breath. And that's to serve in this church. Serve in this church. I've prayed with people at the front who said, man, the presence of God is here. This is wonderful. This, I'm going to make this my church. That was the last time I saw them. <laughs> what does that mean? Okay. Your, your feelings don't dictate what the Spirit of God is doing. Okay. This is what God says right here. You walk in this and you discipline yourself according to the Scripture, you will hear God clearly. Clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> Dave said in his sermon, he talked about what he had to say. And here's what the Spirit said to me. As Dave began to speak, <clears throat> the Spirit said to me, the world today is being constantly and consistently enveloped and controlled by an antichrist spirit and is now vehemently voicing both principle and teaching contrary to the wisdom and will of God. 
You need to recognize it, people. You need to be able to recognize, you know, when people are rising up, and generally it's minorities that are rising up in all these different areas. There's some terrible things that are happening out there. They need to be addressed. They need to be addressed wisely. But the fact is, is that, you know, this is, this is all part of the end times. Okay? So you and I need to be able to hold on, but not hold on like the little kitty in the picture who's holding on to the window seal by his claws, just hanging in there until Jesus comes and takes me out of this. No, no. That's not what a victorious, overcoming, conquering church looks like. Not at all. Not at all. When Brian spoke, <clears throat> this is what the Lord said to me. This is I started to make my notes. Is the church at large a waning church, a stumbling church, a weak church? Or are we an overcoming church, a conquering church, a victorious church for this present generation? Will I be accountable for the people that I didn't approach or witness to or teach or love on? My Bible says, yeah, I will be. I will be accountable for that, yeah. Is our mindset battle-ready? And ever vigilant. Look up how many times Jesus said, you know, stay vigilant, stay alert, stay ready. Don't be asleep during your time on earth. Be alert. Don't be self-focused. Be heavenly-minded in that sense, in everything. Be a saint that understands. Okay? You are saints. I hope you've been taught that. All right? I know... Uh, our people have been taught that you are a saint. Okay. I don't have to earn sainthood. My sainthood has been earned by Jesus. <laughs> are we complacent in our Christian lives? Okay. Yes, we can slip into that from time to time. And do we as Christians understand our role as God's people and purpose to this generation? In First <clears throat> Peter... Don't be afraid to take your Bible to church, by the way. <laughs> My Bibles are so personal to me, they are attached to me. <laughs> and that's and for some reason I can actually memorize them better when I've marked them all up, so they mean that much more to me from that standpoint as well. <laughs> Peter says, But you are a chosen race. <clears throat> a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is a covenantal mandate with purpose and destiny. This is a covenantal mandate with purpose and destiny. This will give meaning to your life. You weren't saved so that Jesus could come and get you. He's going to come and get all the saints that he loves at the resurrection. When Jesus comes one time in person, in bodily form, the dead in Christ rise first. And then those who are in the earth 
will never die, will never taste death, and they will rise with him to meet him. Astounding. Would it be possible that he would come in our lifetime? I believe it's possible. I believe things can happen very fast. We're seeing events, and although we're seeing events from a North American standpoint, we're also seeing events from a worldwide standpoint because the pandemic is worldwide. It's affecting the whole world. The true church is chosen. It's a royal priesthood. It's a holy nation. You, if you call yourself a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, are part of the holy nation on the earth. There aren't two holy nations, or three or four. There's one holy nation in the earth. The eternal purpose of God is in the church in the earth. If you're confused about that, you don't need to be confused about that. There aren't other alternatives. There's only one God, one Holy Spirit, one Word of God. Yeah, God's not confused. <clears throat> you are a people for God's own possession. I like that. So when you have moments of weakness and so on, okay, remind yourself with the Word of God that you are His own possession. And being your Heavenly Father and you being His own possession, how is He going to look after you? He's died for you. That's how much he loves you. Ephesians 1.11 says you are predestined according to his purpose. Predestined according to his purpose. Let me read that a little bit more. You have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. So all things that happen in the earth, in the, in the earth specifically, and all things in the church are subject to the will of God. Where is his will? Here is his will. Right here. His word is his will. His will is his word. If you get nothing else out of the sermon, get that. <laughs> all right. In Romans 8.28, most of you know it well. Those who love him, called according to his purpose. <clears throat> God works all things according to his purpose together for those who love him. To those who are called according to his purpose, verse 29 says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined or predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. We're to be conformed to the image of his son. And that means in thought, in word, and in action. That's what true godliness is by definition. Believers are to think like God. They are to speak the words of God, to have the testimony of God. And they are to have the character of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Gee, I want you to say amen to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Coming from 
as Debbie sang, from despair, a lack of hope, and so on. Is it possible that you can, by an act of your own will, lay down your life and allow the life of Jesus to be worked through you and live through you so you wouldn't even have recognized yourself? Phenomenal. In the first century, that's what happened. In the first century, people were willing to lay down their life for their faith. They were under a lot of persecution. There was all kinds of things that were going to happen. Believe you me, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are going to, we're, go, we're going to, in our lifetime, we're going to have a lot of persecution. This will be, and has been in other parts of the world, labeled as hate, hate, hate literature. That's all it's going to take. That's all it's going to take. And then we'll be under the gun. Then we'll be under the gun. And this has happened historically. And will continue to happen historically. But now it's going to go worldwide. And that's what the Antichrist system will be in the very last of the last days. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the world is a witness. And you are to be a witness. Showing forth the character the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are to be that witness. <clears throat> the Acts of the Apostles depict and blueprint the act of establishing and teaching of the new covenant. So what did Jesus say to the founding fathers? How many? <laughs> what was adamantly necessary and without option to build his church in these last days? I'm preaching Mitch's uh, Message. <laughs> Luke 24, 48 through 49. We got it up there. Luke 24. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then Acts 1 8. What does it say? It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Wow. So what's the primary mandate for the book of Acts and for the entire New Testament? Witnesses. Regardless of what the other uh, uh, epistles teach, and they teach all the doctrine and the, uh, that we need to understand, there's always that place where they're saying, you're conforming into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a place where we are conforming in thought, word, and deed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are that body of believers that basically people say, hey, they just look like the world, and they call themselves Christians. Or, wow. Is this what the real church really looks like? See, that's a challenge, right? That's a challenge. Particularly when we get lazy in spiritual things. Okay? We get complacent in spiritual things. We get upset about this or that or whatever the situation might be. Okay? And then we put aside our priority in life. And then Jesus takes a back seat to what we're supposed to do. But he's faithful. He brings us out of it. So Luke 24, 48, 
49, this is the command, this is the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is His Holy Spirit will actually dwell in you. He will give you an audible witness. You will speak in tongues and you will know that He has given you your inheritance because He's given you a down payment, a guarantee. He has stamped you with His authority. Boom. He's sealed you. If you don't understand what sealed means, they would seal. The seven scrolls in the book of Revelation, they are sealed. They're sealed with a wax seal, with a, an authoritarian code on it or a, a stamp on it specifically. God has sealed you with his Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, primarily as proof positive of God's acceptance and inheritance, as the sign or seal of your redemption. You know what it means to have spirit baptism? God is saying, I am going to redeem you. I'm going to raise you at the resurrection. I'm going to raise you at the resurrection, and your inheritance will be complete. It's a stamp of authenticity and ownership. A stamp of authenticity and ownership. When I got saved 43 years ago, the gentleman that led me to the Lord said, now God's got a gift for you. He did this in the first half hour that I received the Lord. He understood by the authority of the scriptures that I needed God's stamp of authenticity and ownership now to be effective and to grab the things of God. I didn't wrestle with it because I'd never opened a Bible in my life. But I, I trusted him, and I'll tell you what, boom, I was speaking in tongues, just like that. Wow. And then I learned what that actually meant and what I'm teaching you today. It is the guarantee of the fulfillment of God's promises. <clears throat> Dunamis is the enablement and authority to speak and declare God's purpose and wisdom. A witness is a martyr. You like that one? You guys like that one? A witness is a martyr. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the, the light version first. <laughs> The definition from Vines, expository, is one who bears witness by his death. One who bears witness by his death is a martyr. The believer who is dying to himself and portraying the sanctified life and personality of Christ is the witness. Because spiritually, you're dying to yourself. Unless a grain of wheat fall unto the ground, it can bear no fruit. That parabolic illustration, the grain of wheat falls to the ground, it bears fruit. So that grain of wheat has to die and unfold. The plant has to die before it can bear fruit. The flower fades, right? I think it's the flower fades, the grass. Yeah, but the word of God abides 
forever. The Word of God. So God has planted in your heart His Word. Are you watering His Word? Is it evident that He's watering your Word because you are actually sharing the Word with other people? There's a place where you share the Word of God with other people. Well, I don't want to do that because this uh, politically correct climate will not allow me to do that, and I'll be embarrassed, and people will, you know, not like me because I'm one of those. (laughs) I'm one of those. You're one of those. Yeah, I'm one of those. Get over it. (laughs) You are one one of those. You'll be ashamed of yourself if you stand before God. And all you can say to him, well, they said I was one of those, you know, when, he, when you have to give him an account of yourself. Absolutely. I, hey, I have to talk to myself. I, I got to talk to myself. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes Christians can do weird things, you know. <laughs> Don't go there. Ah. <laughs> uh. So the believer who is dying to himself or herself and portraying the sanctified life of, and personality of Christ is the true witness. If we act like the world, the world will not see Jesus. Oh, man. Just need a slap in the face sometimes, right? Wow. I mean, really, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. That's pretty simple. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> The, world, the, the scriptures say in, in the book of Matthew says that when you get arrested, don't even give a thought for what you're going to say. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he will give you the words that you are to say. They won't glorify you. I'm such a good guy. You don't need to give me. They will glorify God. Where, and where do we see that in the establishing scriptures in the book of Acts? The life of Stephen. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Stephen was made uh, uh, a deacon, and then under the power of the Holy Spirit, he now witnessed to the leaders of the Jerusalem church. And what was his reward? We all know what his reward was. His reward actually was glory with Christ. But he had to give up his life to do it. But he had that conviction. And I don't want to leave you with that thought, young Christians and those people seeking God, that that's the ultimate end. But the fact is, is that if you're seeking another life and a life full of love, power, and purpose, okay, ultimately that's what true Christianity is. And I would not preach any other kind of Christianity. Because I can join a club anywhere. I can join a club and feel good about whatever, you know. Or I can uh, ad- adhere to another religion, right? You know, and get lots of perks. <laughs> but, you know, God called us to the real thing. So in every one of you, men and women, is the ability to be a witness for Christ. And not only the ability to be a witness of Christ, but to have the strength and the courage to live this life as Jesus lived his life. Think about that for one second, two seconds, three seconds. It was, he was really happy all the time, wasn't he? Everybody hated him. He went around doing miracles, raising the dead and everything, and they actually hated him for it. Because what he was saying was contrary to their religion. Another sermon. 
Hey, Colin, I'm going to get Colin to preach that one. <laughs> I want you to consider Revelations 12, 11, the depiction of the overcoming saints in the Antichrist system. The depiction of the overcoming saints in the Antichrist system. It says, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. They were believers in his righteousness. So Christ's sacrifice was what they believed in. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. They overcame the devil because of the word of their testimony. Link up the word overcome with the believer and the word of his testimony. He's not living the silent Christian life. This is the age, particularly this is the age, when the church has to come out of its shell. Not be stupid about it, okay? But be word-centered about it. Done in integrity, okay? But done in honesty and done in love. And it says... They overcame the devil because they did not love their life even when faced with death. There it is. So they had given up their life. They had already martyred their life in order to make that commitment. Jesus said he'd never leave or forsake me. I'm going to never leave or forsake him. And more than that, I'm going to live up to the mandate that he's given me. To love, yes, he loved. How did Jesus love? He gave his life. That's how much he loved. The ministry of the Apostle Peter, do I have time for that, Mitch? Five minutes? I want to tie it together. Acts 9.32 through 11.18, we won't go there because you can read it at home. The fulfillment of Acts 1.8 with the ministry of Peter, I've already alluded to it. The Holy Spirit, power and witness to the world. Building the church that the devil will not prevail against. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, able to hear and act upon the voice of God's Spirit, has the confidence to, to speak healing into the life of the paralytic in the city of Lydda. The results, everyone in Lydda and everybody in Sharon were saved. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, in the strength and gifting of the apostolic office, raises Dorcas from the dead. There's a lot of Christian churches out there, fine Christian churches, they don't want to hear about apostles. They don't want to hear about prophets. Okay? Okay? There's a missing link there if you don't adhere to those ministries. Okay? Just a word. <clears throat> he raised Dorcas from the dead. Peter's witness in Joppa, many believed in the Lord. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, receives a vision from the Lord resulting in the revelation and the acceptance of the Gentile nations and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy that was promised by God. So it's solidified. God's promise, God's prophecies, the Old Testament prophecies, now are coming true. The Gentiles are coming into salvation. Peter is the first step. Peter is the first step. Paul 
becomes the prophet to the Gentiles. Peter sees it firsthand. Peter sees it. Cornelius' household. Yeah, he has to go back to Jerusalem and say, why are you guys giving me such a hard time? They received the same gift as we did on the day of Pentecost when we received the Holy Spirit and we spoke in other languages. We witnessed it. So you can depend. See, even the scriptures back up the scriptures. They don't contradict one another. So what was the result of the of Cornelius' household and his friends and, uh, and, and the cohort being saved. Cornelius' household is continually saved. The governing elders in Jerusalem approve the doctrine, and it's now in the Scripture. Boom. Let me conclude. God devotes two chapters to emphasize the absolute importance of spirit baptism through the life of Peter, and the, revel, uh, the relevance and necessity in building the church, the true church of God, that will withstand the onslaught of demonic forces. And it is the kingdom of God that will endure forever. I'll get a shot in there for Daniel. So the kingdom of God endures forever. The church of the living God endures forever even unto the new Jerusalem. I want to be a part of that. How about you? You want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of that. So the shot in the arm today (laughs) is that we need to be witnesses. Yeah, why don't you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and and, uh, speak in tongues and it'll be wonderful for you and so on? Yes, it will. It'll be all wonderful. But it's not for you It's really for him. It's for him. Yeah. So that you can be a martyr. (laughs) Oh, Mark, you're not coming back anymore. We're not going to bring you back anymore. (laughs) So, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. When we give the altar call today and you want to come up and receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Let us lay hands on you and do that. And let's trust God in everything that he'll do, okay? All right. Mitch, you want to...